0: hey you're listening to what the riff a podcast that takes you back to riff and reminisce about the days of old yep that old time rock and roll we're going to share a few songs off an album of the week from the 60s 70s 80s or 90s with some individual staff picks and a little more you're going to hear some well-known favorites along with a few deeper cuts that'll have you shuffling through your old albums maybe you're that person who blurts out an old lyric or riff in the middle of an everyday conversation or maybe these songs are new to you, and you'll add them to your playlist. In any case, we hope you enjoy the riffs and our riffing about them on What The Riff? Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. What The Riff?
1: It's December, 1983. Mike Rozier wins the Heisman Trophy from Nebraska the who disbands and dennis wilson of the beach boy dies of drowning who happens to be the only surfer of the crowd welcome to what the riff i'm wayne i'm bruce i'm brian and i'm rob all right bruce what you got for us
2: today we're listening to yes 90125 so yes came out with this album in november of 1983 and it was really hitting right about december um they had come out with the album Drama in 1980, didn't do very well, so uh, the group disbanded as they were wont to do, they did that a lot, um, and you had Chris Squire and um, Alan White going off to form a band called Cinema, and the song that you're listening to right here is, is called Cinema, that was kind of the holdover from that a lot of the things that they did on this album came out of Trevor Rabin, who wasn't originally a part of Yes, but he had kind of floated around with those guys. In fact, he had toyed with the idea of going in with uh, Jeffrey Downs and, and uh, Steve Howell into uh, Asia.
1: But uh, he wound up in Yes. Now, this was a big dramatic shift from what they used to play because they did, I mean, quite literally close to the edge was one song on one side of an album. This was sort of a hit factory. They they were doing hits off of this. Oh they yeah, small songs on pretty much all of it. Non progressive. Yeah.
2: Well, they're still progressive. I mean, you think of yes, and it's Prague rock. That's all. That's that's what you think of. But uh, but yeah, Trevor Raven came up with uh, so many of these songs, and they were much more pop oriented. So cinema drifts into leave it right
0: here. This is classic here.
1: it got some airplay on the radio, quite a it bit. It did, but
3: it still does.
1: Yeah, the the big one was "Owner of a Lonely Heart."
2: Everybody's heard "Owner of a Lonely Heart." That was their big hit. Um,
0: Real. <laughs> you remember the uh, acoustic version of this? Oh yeah, yeah, we loved that. Yeah.
1: So, what I actually liked about this one was that they had a MTV video. That they just kind of folded themselves into each other as they were doing a sort of an a cappella type situation. And it looked pretty cool. It was a cool effect at the time. <laughs> yeah, now it was any high schooler with a. It's kind of like watching an original Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: what the heck?
3: <laughs>
1: but that's what all MT wanted is something that was different and unusual at the time. This it was actually music television, and this was the height of it.
3: Yeah.
2: They were actually, a, a lot of the stuff when MDV started off, they were just looking for anything at all that they could play. So by 83, you've got some folks that are actually making videos for that purpose, for going on well, with Well,
1: Bruce, them. they were spending a lot of money making those videos, too. I have heard several million-dollar episodes they were doing. Oh, it could be.
0: Hmm. I could never sing like that.
2: Well, yeah, I'll tell you what. I was uh, one of the big things. I was in chorus at the time. A lot of our folks would try to do these little ensembles, and this was one that everybody tried to do, and nobody could make it sound right.
1: Well, John Anderson was a very unique singer, uh, so, so
2: you heard him. That was him. the big thing. That was what got this album to become Yes, is you had... You know, you had Chris Squire and you had uh, Trevor Raven kind of joining the group. Alan White in it. Trevor Horn was producing it. But when John Anderson joined, it was like, okay, well, we're, we're kind of yes. So we
1: might as well use the name. Well, there are a few songs that John Anderson didn't sing throughout the entire career. Yes, but anybody that hears his, son- his sound knows that's a yes song. Even right. when he was doing something with Vangelis. You thought that was a Yes song, even though it was just John Anderson. Oh, yeah, he was very
2: distinctive.
0: So, Bruce, did you, are you telling me that you actually sang this in chorus when you were in high school?
2: No, I tried to sing this in chorus. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of these things where you just can't make it right without having the mixer boards and all of that stuff. It's just very difficult to get it right.
0: So we talked about this them being a progressive rock band, and this song is about it's a little over four minutes long. And uh, you know the first one, "Cinema," was two. It looks like uh, uh, "Changes" is even longer, so they still were long for top forty. Yeah. I guess they had yeah. a they got, they had a radio version of everything, didn't they? No.
1: Well, some of it were, but you got to remember that that. Back in the 60s, everything's was 2 minute 30 seconds, and it wasn't until really the late 60s, everybody started going to that frog rock, or, or you know, like Indigata Vita was what, 17 minutes long, and that's when they kicked off. Everybody was doing just long songs. The Whipping Post was one side of an album for the Allman Brothers, so everybody went nuts and just started doing their own little rock operas or extended versions. And It wasn't really until the MTV era that people started kind of coming back and going, well, they're not going to put a 20-minute video on, but they may put, you know, a four-minute video. So they try to cr- crunch it down, but yeah, there was, there was still some long songs, but about four or five minutes was about the max of what people could kind of handle.
3: Unless, of course, you were Michael Jackson and had something like uh, Thriller Thre- that was, what, 20 minutes or it was more like a short movie.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that was... It was like a mini series, <laughs>
1: and that that was a uh, groundbreaking for MTV because they weren't they were really chastised for not having black um, musicians on on their shows, and and that broke it. And then it just was Prince and tons of others came right after that. Mm-hmm. Now this is a song that you don't hear a lot on the radio at all,
2: uh, but it's just one that I like. It's very upbeat, very positive.
1: And what was the name of the song there, Bruce? That song is our song.
0: What's really cool to me about their music is they have all these different parts. So they kind of have the intro, then it changes to this, and it'll change yet again. Oh, yeah. They even, I think they changed the meter of it a little bit. There.
1: Well, did you want to talk about what else was going on in 1983 in, in December? Uh, a couple of movies that came out. Uh, anybody remember the movie Christine? Oh,
0: yeah. Stephen King. The the black car, right?
1: (laughs) Chasing everybody. Yeah. (laughs) The car that came alive. Then there was Scarface. Anybody actually enjoy that? I actually thought that movie was a little overrated. (laughs) I never saw it, to be honest with you.
0: But you know one of the lines out of it, don't you? Oh, yeah.
3: (laughs) Say hello to my little friend. Yeah, that was. I I, I picked that one up. I just never sat down and watched the whole thing.
1: Ah. Trust me, it's not that interesting. <laughs> Probably be chastised for that. Yep. Sudden Impact was another one. That was a Dirty Harry movie. His last one. Was, I think it was Make My Day. I think Ronald Reagan kind of made that a, a stanza. Go ahead, himself. punk.
0: <laughs> Make My Day.
1: Then, of course, then you had the DC Cab. Oh, we had to bring that one up? Well, we had to bring a, one of the. I guess see movies that were on there. That, <laughs> that mm. was Mr. T with all his gold jewelry. Is Rocky three on your list? No, not at the December of '83. Oh, not that it came out at that time. Okay.
3: Yeah, Rocky was in the '70s. Well, the first one was. Yeah. The second one was '79, I believe. Yeah, they, they all blurred the together. Third was in '83, and then the fourth one was '86, I
1: think, or something like that.
3: What are we up to now? Rocky 12? <laughs> Something like that.
1: That's all Creed now.
3: Yeah. Bruce, why'd you pick this song?
2: This one, I just like this one. This, You know, it's a deeper cut on the, the album, and um, it's not one that you hear very often, so I thought that would be a good one to kind of highlight.
0: Yeah, I, I'd consider it a deeper cut.
3: Is that Rick Wakeman on keyboard?
2: Uh, no, it was not. Um, wasn't Rick Wayman? It was uh, who was that? Because um, he was in the band and then he was out of the band. Actually, Trevor Raven had to do some of the uh, the work on the the uh, the, the keyboard because uh,
1: he got in a fight with Trevor Horn. Who was that? Um, well, Rick Wayman was known for doing his own thing. He 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 was oh, in and was out of the band so much it was, was not even true? funny.
2: It, this was Tony Kay. Tony Kay yeah. was on this one.
1: Okay. Other hits at the time on December 83 All Night Long by Lionel Richie. Mm-hmm. He had Say, Say, Say by Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And then Billy Joel had Uptown Girl. And It was uh,
3: his then wife, Christy Brinkley.
1: He had to go and screw that one up.
2: All right, now this one is my favorite song off of the 90125 album. I love the way this starts. You don't have too many
0: uh, xylophone marimba-type starts. Makes it unique. Yeah, this is a good one. I actually had this as my ringtone, so listening to it, I start looking for my phone. Excellent. Again... This one has this section, then it shifts right. Something completely different, but it works together. It's, yeah, it's a very complex meter.
1: Going into the piano part. Yeah, I, I, almost the almost only time you see a xylophones on a band out on a football field. <laughs> There's about five of them out there all banging away. I'd like to hear this at a football game halftime.
0: Oh, there you go. There was the change. I talked yeah, right over There you it. go. I like it. Well,
1: change does take
0: place.
2: <laughs> Changes. This is one. Several of the songs on 90125, Trevor Rabin has the lead part. You mentioned John Anderson, and, and he's throughout, and it's very distinctive. But this is one of those where Trevor Rabin starts, and then you'll hear John Anderson come in. Got a good, got a solid voice, and his lyrics were a lot more accessible too. It wasn't the yeah. typical "Yes" lyrics, you know, very cerebral.
0: Would you say this is one of the top uh, first top forty albums? I mean, wasn't that the whole point of this yeah. one for this, Yes?
2: This may have been the the uh, the highest ranked uh, Yes album ever. I, I'm not aware of another one that is. That yeah, was with only of a lonely popular.
1: heart on it, it just completely grew exponentially. That was the biggest hit they ever had.
2: But you know, there's a lot of a lot of yes influence throughout this period. So, uh, you know, I mentioned that you had uh, Jeffrey Downs going off to uh, to Asia. Asia had a lot of uh, hits. We'll have to cover those at some point.
1: That's one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah. Oh, well, they were considered another one of those super groups that just a combination of other groups just split apart and best of kind of went and gathered and that was asia was one of them yeah
2: well what would happen after this album that that they still had trouble you know getting along so you'd have you, they did come out with big generator but then after that john anderson went off and formed anderson Bruford wait for which all of those folks were at Yes at some point, so it was kind of Yes without the name. And uh, then they all got back together for Yes Union. And depending on you know who you ask, that's that's you know, a lot of people think that was kind of a hot mess. But uh, I enjoyed the album. But it was it was always difficult for those folks to get a
1: So any of you all see them in concert?
2: I saw the union. Yes, you. I not seen the Oh,
3: actually, I did. I saw them in, uh, with sticks uh, in the summer. I believe that was two thousand
0: fourteen. Oh, yeah, I so it's kind them last, of a recent version. I saw them two years ago. Uh, they were with Toto and and Steve Howe was the only member,
1: I guess. Oh, <laughs> and we talked about how John Anderson was the name on that. So I, I don't think it was kind of original. But I, I actually. I saw them several times, and and they progressively had the pop hits. With the big generator, that was one that really kind of threw them out out there again, just consistently doing, you know, whatever at the time, if it was an album, five songs aside or ten songs for the album. Whereas, like I said before, you know, several albums of theirs were just, three songs or five songs and that was it. I mean, you got like Roundabout was what, an eight, nine minute song. And still good.
0: Yeah.
2: Now there's
3: John Anderson singing. Oh, the, oh, okay. Yeah, when I saw them in 2014, they were they were the sticks open. Then you had Yes Come On later in the, in the evening. And by the end of the evening, those guys had had it.
1: Well, well I mean, they're older
3: obviously but it was what what, what bothered me is that a lot of the crowd left. I mean, it was just you could tell they were tired. It was humid. This is down in the Gulf Shores, so those guys, uh, you know, question they, they were just uh, they were tired. The talent,
2: in oh, incredible! No I mean, Chris Squire on the bass, just fantastic. The, the keyboards, the, every okay. every player was a virtuoso.
0: Very, yeah, very good. That's, a, that's an awesome choice, Bruce. Good. Thanks for uh, for bringing that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna get mine out. I got I got it on tape and album.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do yeah. those two words
3: mean? Yeah,
1: right. <laughs> really? You buy it digital, and then before that was on CD. Okay. Before that was on an album. It then it system.
3: was streaming to me.
1: I don't think you could get this one on a track at that time though.
3: No.
2: <laughs> okay. no, what's that? Several songs on this have kind of an abrupt ending. This is one of
1: those. Back to the original theme. Now we're going off to staff picks. Who's got the first staff pick? That's The Cure. That'll be me. Brian's. Brian's staff
3: pick. No, this is not The Walk by Morris Day in The Time. This is a release from The Cure. Originally, it was in 1982 as a standalone or a promo single, but they re-released it in 1983, and this is the first, if you can believe it, the first of 17 commercially top 20 Irish hits.
1: Irish. So you're you're including several uh, U2 songs in there? Oh I, I just said it wasn't the top
3: song, it was in the top, uh, top 20 hits. So I'm sure there was YouTube, you know, more popular. Uh, but basically, from 19, from '80 80 to '82, you're talking about uh, a, a band that was truly into the gothic. Yeah, it was called and, goth rock. Yeah,
1: I mean they were the kings of that.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep, and I, I can recall this uh, when I was in in college. Oh, actually, I didn't go to college. I went to LSU, and uh, so I went. <laughs> I uh, I can still vividly remember going off campus, and there was a row on the street, a row of Gothic uh, restaurants or hangout places, and but they served great food, so I wasn't dressed in Gothic, but I went down there because there was one place called the library, and man, they had the best roast beef po'boys, so I'd go down there for, for lunch, and they were always So you playing. didn't have
1: time to put on the black eyeliner and... Black shirt, no, I didn't. Couples. I didn't. I wasn't
3: into all that, but I did like a lot of the music. But uh, I can still vividly remember hearing The Cure uh, on the old jukebox. You know, they didn't have a fancy uh, sound uh, system, but they did have the jukebox, and it was playing. You had all kind of bands that so I learned for the first the tail time. End
1: of actually when you had records, because yeah. CDs were starting to come out, and mm-hmm. I, I remember in '87 when several. Uh, places decided to go and we're going 100 percent digital so yep. between now and in 83 and yep. 87 cds just suddenly became the thing to get
3: there's another place though just to let you know the types of names there's the library and there's another one called the bayou and it was <laughs> i think if you were measuring the roughness of them uh the bayou was up there right at the top i mean it was it was bad it was, i mean not bad it, Say that sorry. Sorry to all my gothic friends out there for historically are gothic, but uh,
2: I'll tell you what, the cure has, has stayed,
3: yeah, yeah. But then from 83, though, you know, 83 to say 90 or 92, that's when they went more mainstream and they were more, much more commercially successful, became more and more of an international band as opposed to just uh, an Irish popular band.
2: You know, Brian, I'm kind of surprised at that because with this being in the MTV era and with that whole goth
1: look, Mm -hmm. I would have thought they would have hit it a little bit bigger on MTV during this time. Mm -hmm. And Rob, you're in advertising, so my question is is that I would think a lot of people who were into that type of music kind of gravitated to advertising, that's one reason why we see a lot of The Cure in advertising.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you know, everybody, The Who, everybody's, you know selling out nowadays for, for being on commercials and all.
1: The Who always sell Yeah, out? yeah. They even I, got I, an album titled that.
0: Yeah, that's right. So this, uh, I I brought this one. This was in, in December of 1983, and it's... Oh, yeah. It's The Fix. Reach the, the Beach. Fix. Sign of Fire. One of my favorite albums of the 80s was the, Reach the Beach. I went and saw them at Six Flags, and it was really awesome when... Um, uh, they were up on stage. And I remember to this day, I should know this right now, but the lead singer, can't, just totally blanked on his name, but he, all he does is sing. So yeah. he, he's up there and he's moving around and kind of doing his arms in this funny little, you know, <laughs> pattern. My friends and I would figure out how to imitate him pretty quickly. But it was still so cool. And just what a sound. I
3: mean, it's yeah. just a neat,
0: his voice is.
3: Is interesting too the secret separation is not on this album is it i don't recall reach the beach i don't believe it is but that's one of my favorites there was a lot of hits on this album yeah
2: was this their biggest album yeah by yeah. far Because they, yeah. they i don't recall a whole lot of the, the they were big during this time they had red
0: skies there. at night and, and um and that that was on here and reach the beach and yeah it was it was a it was a great uh, album but I went and saw them in about 1994, 1995, and they were at Good Old Days. You guys remember oh, Good Old yeah.
1: Days
3: on Roswell Road? Absolutely. I'm sorry. I haven't been to here that long, but I'm sorry.
1: Well, 45 years. Right? For, the, for those who want to know, we're in Atlanta, so, <laughs> so this is this is Atlanta So Good Old
0: Days was, was um, on Roswell Road, and American Pie was on the other side of the Roswell Road. And I was the American Pie guy. And those two, those two, uh, would just More women in American Pie. I don't know. Yeah, I was married at the time <laughs> with a couple of kids, so... <laughs> you'll, you'll t- we'll take your word for it, Wade. <laughs> yeah. But it was, uh, it was a lot of fun going to see him. And, uh... I remember American Pie.
3: I was oh yeah. I, I was around. Oh, I moved here in ninety two. So. There you now, go.
1: Was one one thing leads to another was on this album correct? Yes, yeah. And then uh yeah. Saved by Zero. So, oh yeah. Red Sky at Night. Oh, yeah. We, yeah.
0: we need guy. to feature this album as a matter of fact. Probably I think so too.
1: Episode thirty two. I'll raise
0: my hand for this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we'll come back to eighty three. Soon we'll be going to another one. Once again, that's Rob's pick for staff pick.
0: December of 83. It was a cold winter, (laughs) December of 1983. And you know what I remember? What's that? Cindy had a coat made out of goats fur. (laughs) A goat coat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) i sure that was in style.
0: It was in style. It was like, you know, kid. Like, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen anybody wearing a goat coat these days. I guess they're kind of out of fashion. But anyway.
1: Well, like members-only jackets and. Oh, oh yeah.
0: yeah.
3: Oh, this was the heart member of members-only time, wasn't it? Yeah. And break dancing and what else? All that stuff. So yeah, sign of fire. Fix,
0: Reach the Beach. It's a great album. If you don't have it, get it. Oh, yeah. Download some stuff from it. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. What do we got coming up here next?
1: Yeah, this is mine. I, I sort of went off into a, an area where a lot of people do know who these people are, but Joe Boxers, uh, this is uh, Just Got Lucky. It kind of really does remind me of that time because a lot of people, a lot of guys were just bouncing around early morning on a Sunday morning after the, a nice night, and they just said to everybody, I just got lucky.
0: I don't understand. Uh.
1: Now, this was their only hit. I was going to say,
0: are they a uh, uh, one-hit wonder?
1: Yeah, pretty much. It, they, they had some British hits, but uh, in, in the... In the United States, this is the only one. It, it, I think it reached 36 on the Billboard charts. So they, it was, it was nice. It was, it was almost an homage to um, previous uh, players. I mean, as you can tell, you can hear influences there. Anybody can tell me a, one or two that you think were, were influenced by these guys?
0: Joe Jackson.
1: <laughs> I, I thought I
3: heard him
2: in
0: this song. No, that's what I would have thought. I I thought it was Joe Jackson. Yeah, I did. I mean, if you'd asked me who it was, I would have said Joe Jackson.
1: A lot of Elvis Costello in this, and that's another one we'll spotlight. Yes. And so it's it's sort of that new wave punk type thing that came out.
2: That's a good catch. I mean, right now was kind of Elvis Costello had always done his own thing, but for some reason right in this 82, 83 time frame, Elvis Costello kind of hit the, the top uh, edge of things. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Elvis, he had quite a few hits, but unless you actually pointed them out, most people couldn't tell you which ones they were. Right. And and they he really did influence quite a few bands. Oh, yeah. And obviously, you know, Joe Boxer's were one of them. I mean, this is sort of uh, synth pop. Uh, they... They were kind of have experimental, sort of electrical, electronic music scene.
0: Somehow it reminds me of um, a little bit of ABC too. Yeah. 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 So I can see you that. You got to
1: remember a lot. This was the the the, the new wave. I mean, that was a new wave from from England, and a lot of groups were coming out through here. I remember uh, met a girl from Britain. I was asking her, "Hey, man, who's who's who should I be, you know, looking out for?" And, and she said there was a guy named. Or this group she listens to called Adam and the Ants, and oh it, gosh. And and sure enough, three months later, there's Adam Ant out there, and he sort of took it to him, took it on himself. But you know, it clued in. But that's what people were just—it was a, a streamline of, of British groups coming in.
0: He wore the frilly shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the girl with the goat coat? He mm-hmm. was actually my wife now. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, she was a big Adam Ant fan. So, she, thereby, I, guess, I didn't like him because I just said, he's gay. There you go. Because well, you don't don't like drink, his music. So. Yeah, if you
3: don't drink, you don't <laughs> smoke well. What do you but do? Do yeah. you do?
0: Goody two shoes.
1: <laughs> well, one thing you talk about, song lyrics, one part of the lyric I like here is, uh, and I never felt this way before, like a dog always begging for more. Now, this got on uh, a couple of soundtracks. It got 40 Euro Virgin and Just My Luck. Uh, I think this is pretty timeless. I'm surprised more people don't know this song. I I know the song, I just thought it was
0: Joe Jackson. (laughs) It's good to know it's somebody else. It's been more cultured somehow. How can you not be happy listening to this?
1: Just the opposite from The Cure? (laughs) Yeah, I was getting
0: kind of depressed with with Brian's (laughs) pick. (laughs) Now I feel better.
3: Well, again, that was their their, their early commercial success, 83 to 86. I guess they could use that for their theme song. They just got lucky in 83 (laughs) and they uh, started getting commercially successful.
1: We're going to make it, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're rounding out our staff picks, and this next one I believe is from Bruce. Yeah, it's Back to Me. And
2: this is a song from The Romantics. So here's a question for you. What is the most popular Romantics song? What What I Like like about About You. What I Like About You. That is not it. The most popular song, according to Billboard, is this song, really? Talking in, Talking your, in sleep. your Sleep." That's right. I think what I like about you had a lot more staying power, but it only hit number 49 on the
1: list. Hmm. Well, since I started college during this time, I always and I had exposed to different people. I used to like to sing to my Jewish friends what I like about Jews. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tov. Misheard lyrics. <laughs> there you go. But this has got a good riff. I mean I'd like to learn how to play this on a guitar. Everybody would know what you were playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, it,
2: this is a little different from the the from yes. It it doesn't have all the complexity and things. It's but it's just kind of a catchy tune.
1: But I could I can hear the smithereens in this. Okay. So I can I can see where they influenced some of it further on. Yeah. It, really, this time was a really great time for music. People, uh, obviously, there's certain channels strictly for this, and unfortunately, they just play the same songs over and over again. They really don't try to get deep in the cuts.
3: Did the romantics come out as punk, or did they come out as new Hmm. I'm trying to remember, and I don't, I don't recall them as being punk.
0: I would probably classify them as new wave, but yeah. they were.
1: But They had the skinny ties. And yeah. They, yeah. They had this I they had think the they were kind of bad boys, a little,
3: little bit, yeah. kind of rough. Jeff yeah. put them in the same genre as the Cars, U two. Yeah, uh, I would. Too. Uh, all those new wave bands that were, so helped to transform music. Do you, you remember
2: the video? No, video was a bunch of girls in their pajamas that's pretty much it no and
0: wonder
1: that this was number one
2: at, the, really at the time that's all you really needed in in
1: <laughs> videos is girls in their pajamas was yeah. there some guy sitting on a standing on a ladder outside yeah, staring Jay in Donald. the window <laughs> <laughs> I love Animal House. Animal House. You know, Jacob. And this was
0: before Duran Duran and the girls in bikinis. Right. Which is na- naturally the next phase. Oh, right. right. Yeah, I like this one. Uh, this was the fall of my junior year, and I remember him playing this on the um, out in the parking lot before we were going to the uh, game. Oh, excellent.
2: By the way, the technical term for talking in your sleep is military I thought I like title better. It, it, <laughs> it
0: probably works a little bit.
2: Yeah. Better, so.
0: What if they had named this song that? Can you say that word again? What was it?
1: Somniloquy. Somniloquy. I don't know that that would have worked very well. I'm not going to try to pronounce that.
2: <laughs> it's the same stage as Rapid Eye Movement or R-E-M. Ah, but we'll get into that <laughs> That's
0: for another. That's for another day. <laughs> another day. That's a good trivia question, though. So Wayne, you've got us picking up a pop song here
1: to end it. Well, this is just we, we usually pick a uh, a funny song or an instrumental or something. This one's perfect for uh, to end this. Believe it or not, this was popular then. It's called the Curly Shuffle, and uh, I mean it was. It basically harkened back to the Three Stooges And we all just This was one uh, kind of a boogie woogie song That just sort of Sort of took off of the stray cats And just took it Big band That's right
3: You know I was watching not too long ago uh, My brother sent me A you know, Short movie With Ted Healy in there Oh, yeah? I had never seen The Three Stooges with Ted Healy. So it was very interesting to see the dynamic with Ted Healy in there. It was from 1933. And Ted Healy was the primary character. That, that the uh, supporting characters were The Three Stooges. Hmm. So uh, I did a little reading on that, and I think a lot of the movie heads uh, said to uh, Healy, you need to let these guys take more of the of the center. And so, it, he, reluctantly, he did. And, and but look what happened. These guys were overnight sensations.
0: Uh, and, listen to these sound effects. Yeah. I
1: mean, <laughs> well, I hate to kind of end it, but we're getting close to the end here. Just uh, remember, we're What The Riff. Uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, go to our uh, Twitter page. Uh, join us on that. You, if you've got a question or anything email us at what the riff at yahoo i mean at gmail.com and uh help us on itunes uh go on there and rate us and give us a big positive rating and hopefully uh you're enjoying what we're enjoying and we're going to go anywhere from early 60s to the mid 90s and we revisit these over and over again yep 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 <laughs>
2: This is, a, this is a big place where you get a divide between male and female. Yep. I haven't met a guy yet that doesn't enjoy the Three Stooges. Mm-hmm. But
3: it's very rare that you run into uh, to a woman that enjoys it. That I've already been told, sorry Bruce, but I've already been told that I cannot show this to my grandson. So I've uh, <laughs> already been forbidden.
1: Bye!
0: You've been listening to What the Riff? We hope you enjoyed riffing with us, and we invite you to visit whattheriff.com to find and download the music we had on tap today. You can also contact us and request an album that you'd like us to riff about at whattheriff.com. And if you get a minute, like us on Facebook. And follow us on Twitter and YouTube. Thanks for listening to What The Riff? Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. Also, Marbury Creative Group. Tell it better. If necessary, use words.